Welcome everyone to this episode of this one time at OU. So excited to have some representatives, some hockey players. Uh, OU hockey is synonymous with OU fun. So excited to learn more about OU hockey and pleased to have Todd and Gordon on the show. Welcome gentlemen. Hey Tim, uh, Gordon here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, we appreciate you, uh, uh, bringing us on tonight, and we hope that uh, we can tell you some great stories about OU hockey back in the 80s. Great. So you mentioned back in the 80s. Is that when you were a student? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I got to Ohio University in uh, 1985, and I graduated in 88. I had transferred in. So was there in the late 80s and, and played three years of hockey at Ohio University. Fantastic. What about you, Todd? Uh, I started in 84. And uh, as I told you before, it went a little long. Uh, five year, five <laughs> years at hockey. <laughs> yeah. Not quite that long, but uh, played five years. Um, but it was it was all fun, you know. Great memories from there. And thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being on. I can tell you, um, OU hockey. I remember going on Friday nights, and it's the Bird Center, right? Um, it was. It was Bird Arena. Bird Arena, yes. I remember Bird Arena being just loud and small and just real high energy. Uh, have you guys been to games recently? Is it still like that? You know, Todd and I were back, uh, I guess, two years ago. or Yeah, I guess two years ago because last season got cut with the pandemic. And uh, still a, a very lively crowd, a little bit more subdued and perhaps... Uh, a little, uh, a little more sober than uh, than crowds we had in the '80s. Uh, but yeah, they still draw very well, and, and a very, very competitive team. This year's team having a bit of struggle, but uh, up until this year, had a really, really strong team ranked uh, nationally uh, among club teams around the country. So uh, yeah, big crowds. Well, yeah. What's with those kids nowadays? Like my kids are the same way, studying and you know, trying to get ahead in life. And we were all there for the fun. I don't know what happened. They didn't get that college experience. But OU is the best place to get that. Now, you guys were in prime time in the, in the mid-80s. That's, that's fun OU years. Any good hockey stories? Uh, where, where do we start? Yeah, just a uh, few. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Bub, Bubba got there a year. Bubba is Todd Smith, and and uh, Todd was a captain and MVP multiple times at, at OU, uh, and I came in to play goalie in 85. Uh, Todd actually beat me by a year, so Todd, I don't know if you have any 84, 85 stories, but I could certainly uh, go on from 85 to 88 for the rest of the uh, discussion here today. I don't know if there's any 84, 85 you want to bring up. I mean, 84, 85 was just a, a, a weird year, you know, because leaving high school, going there, um, there's no ice at OU in the fall. So you have to go to Columbus to get any sort of ice. And, you know, being 18 years old, I wasn't really in the habit of going to Columbus. I'd rather stay at OU and uh, party with my boys down there. But uh, there, there was some... Uh, there's some good times. So off the ice, there was a lot of weird characters. Uh, one guy I remember um, at the bar, he was eat his, he would eat his glass of beer. I mean, he would start chewing the glass, 
And I, and I look at this kid, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? But, you know, it seemed to get a laugh out of the fellas there, and um, he kept doing it. I mean, how did he not have his mouth all bloody and end up in the ER? One of life's great mysteries, I think. Hey, Bubs, is that, is that Messenger, or who is that? Yeah, that was Spider. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And, and when Todd says we didn't have ice, Tim, you know, when we got to OU, it was so hot, and, and Bird Arena was, was such a dump. Um, that they couldn't get it, they couldn't get the the ice to freeze until a little bit later. So in in the fall, before we would start the season, we would go and and uh, do Friday night workouts and and kind of have tryouts at Ohio State before we got our ice. So when Bub says we went to Columbus, that's what he was referencing. Got it. Hey, I look at um, looks like we're joined by uh, Mr. Brian Wilson. Hello, Brian. Good evening, gentlemen. As uh, usual, I'm uh, a little bit behind. <laughs> Story of your life, we'll see. <laughs> hey, does anyone know the history of OU it, uh, hockey? It's gone on for quite a while. And it, was it ever a um, a varsity sport? I guess that's the right term. You know, you know it was. Um, you look back to a, a fellow by the name of John McComb, and uh, Coach McComb back in the uh, mid-60s, early mid-60s, started the program, and uh, he raised it to uh, Division I level. And at that time, they were playing some, some really strong teams. They would play Bowling Green and Michigan and Michigan Tech. Uh, and that ended up going through around, I'm going to guess, 1972, somewhere in that range. Uh, and then some of the teams made a big commitment to go kind of major Division One, and OU at that time backed off and became a club sport. But the father of OU hockey uh, would be an old uh, professor by the name of John McComb, and we got to know John, uh, you know, towards the end of his career at OU. And and I know, uh, I think Todd, I know I attended Coach McComb's memorial back in the uh, in the '90s, and it was really frequented by maybe a hundred players that played for coach McComb in the sixties. So he really had a, an influence on a tremendous amount of, of student athlete hockey players uh, in the sixties. And, and we certainly had an opportunity to get to know him in the eighties. And he was just a great, great guy. And it seems your hockey team was very tight knit. Is that just true? I mean, it's true of a lot of sports, obviously, but it seems all the hockey players that I knew at OU were, were just, you know, just a close group of, group of guys. Is that because of hockey or something else? Well, we had, we had 20 guys on the team and I'll let Todd jump in here. We had 20 guys on the team and 19 of us were tight. We wouldn't let Wilsey in. I resemble that. I, yeah, I do resemble that remark. And uh, like I said before, I usually come in a little bit behind and sitting behind Gordy uh, as a goaltender was, uh, was a part of my four-year plan. Actually, five years at OU. So, but I didn't sit behind Gordy all of that time. But if he was there, I probably would have. So, with um, I lost where where, where were we? Gordy, tight knit group. Tight knit yeah. group. Yeah, twenty guys on the team. You know, you practice. You know, you do your dryland training in the fall. You got ice finally. You know, close to Thanksgiving, you're on the ice. Um, season starts in the winter quarter. You're practicing during the afternoon. You're going to the mess hall to, to eat. 
and and you're going out together as a group it's it's easy to go out to a bar with 20 guys than it is with the football team where you have 80 guys on your squad where you have your you know eight or ten people that hang out together with with hockey it was it was all 20 guys you know you go on the road there's 20 guys going out to the bar after the game and having a couple of couple of frescas um you know it was just it just created a tight atmosphere and i think hockey in general you talk about any team out there and it's all about the locker room the friendship should develop you know it's 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 all that stuff it's you know playing the game is secondary than than the characters that you have in the locker room your locker room friendships are always the best (laughs) there's there's no question you know and we had you know, not only great players, but, you know, we had terrific off-ice help from students that were part of the OU program, uh, whether they helped us sell advertising space or sell tickets or, uh, you know, run the arena or schedule our travel on the road. Uh, you know, we had we had one guy in particular, uh, a fellow by the name of Jim Eddie Abbott, and Eddie, you know, Eddie worked our locker room for us for, for multiple years. I only had the the good fortune of having Eddie uh, my last year at OU, but he was our team manager. He was a great guy. Um, you know, Saturdays uh, we we'd come into the dressing room before the game, and uh, we'd all throw two bucks to Eddie. And end of the game, he'd have a wheelbarrow full of old Milwaukee, and we'd sit in the locker room and tell stories after the game, and have a couple of of old Milwaukee's. And Eddie Eddie was just a a wonderful guy and a team manager that we had for. I'm thinking Eddie was there. There seems to be a pattern here this more than four years. I think Eddie was five or six years at OU, and, and he was just a, a terrific guy and a great asset to the organization. And someone, frankly, that shows up when we have our alumni functions, uh, Eddie comes in and, and has as much fun as anyone at these things. So, um, yeah, there's great, great participation, not only from team members, but also from other students that were able to help the program. And uh, Eddie did have uh, left some big shoes to fill, and and one of the guys that uh, carried on was uh, Stan Tate, um, and, and Stan was a class guy. If you're on the um, on the Facebook page, you know you went to OU. If you'll probably see some of Stan's uh, posts there, but a uh, great guy, and uh, again, he took care of us, non hockey player, but a sports administration guy and uh, class act, uh, fun, smart and uh and tried his best to keep us in line well i just remember it was always high energy and you said that you had people helping there's tickets uh yeah it was just a group that supported it very strongly i was an arm rooster my uh sophomore year and you know hockey was what what you did on friday nights now i remember drinking a lot of beer when we go see you guys but i'm sure they didn't sell it did they they didn't. Um, I believe it was the year before I got there, so it was probably 83, 84, maybe even 82, 83. They actually had a beer truck in the arena where you can go buy uh, <laughs> beer. So um, I think that got a little out of hand. Um, so my uh, my first two years down there, they, uh, the students you know couldn't buy their beer there, so they would walk in with their own box of beer, and they would sit up in the stands. Uh, yeah, and, I think it was kind of allowed, wasn't it? Because I don't, I don't remember. Like, I remember going to football games and kind of having to sneak things in, but in the hockey, it was kind of expected. No, like I said, you can carry that box of beer 
right in. <laughs> Nobody would say a word. You know, my, my first year at OU was 85, 86, and they had Friday night at the fights that year, and they served beer that year. But Bubba's right. It was a couple years before that that they cut it out at the rink. But you want you want to talk about drinking beer during a game, I guess I have to tell it. I mentioned Eddie Abbott. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I would play on Friday nights. I was the goalie and would play on Friday nights. And sometimes I'd get the Saturday night off. And sometimes I'd play on Saturday. It just depended. But um, I, Friday night we, we played and, and I was in goal. And then Saturday night we were playing someone and I was sitting on the bench and I looked at Eddie uh, Abbott, our trainer, and I said, or our manager, I said, Eddie, I'm a little thirsty. And we had these green Gatorade water bottles. And I said, get out there and go fill me up, Eddie. And Eddie walked off the bench and went up into the crowd and pointed down at me sitting on the bench. And I kind of waved to somebody. And the next thing you know, I had a couple of old mill pounders in a green Gatorade bottle during the middle of the game. And uh, I, we had a fellow on the team by the name of Jack Whitaker that took a penalty. And Jack was in the penalty box. And I said, Eddie, take this green Gatorade bottle over to Jack. And Jack was sitting in the penalty box. And Eddie was trying to hand him the water bottle. And Jack didn't want it. And all of a sudden, Eddie forced it on him. And Jack took a swallow. And he looks right over at me and just starts laughing and chugged the rest of the beer right in the middle of the game. Probably not the only time that happened, huh? <laughs> I, I wouldn't think so. We told we had a coach by the name of Marlon Mullard, who we're all fond of. And and Marlon, uh, you know, I, I actually was going back and forth with Marlon this week via text. We told him that story a couple of years ago at an alumni function. And, and I think his response was, oh, shit, I don't want to know. And I said, no, and I think there's probably more than that that you don't want to know about, coach. Yeah, now I remember Bird, uh, Bird Arena was it was it was kind of in disrepair, and this would have been late '80s, um, which made it you know so unique and just just a great place because it seemed to be loud. The acoustics in there made it loud, but was it wasn't it an old barn, something like that? I think it was originally built as a uh, hockey arena uh, when the program started, but um, that's part of the character. I mean, we we took on its persona in some ways, a little grungy uh, uh, ice rink in the middle of Athens, Ohio. Um, one of the stories that um, that that made me want to play hockey there was uh, when they were selling beer there. My older brother uh, played hockey for Dayton. And they came in for a weekend and, and they had chain link fence. They didn't have the plexiglass around the rink at that time. And they were selling beer. So this must have been like 1982 or 83. And uh, my brother, OU had a great team then. And Dayton was intimidated. And my brother got, you know, checked it hard into the boards. And at that time, the the bleachers you where you were standing, you could reach over the the uh the fencing just regular fencing and some ou uh fan reached over and grabbed my my brother's helmet he was with the visiting team ripped it off his head and threw it up into the stand so i remember him coming home and telling me that story and and uh you know when i got down there they didn't have the chicken wire anymore but uh, it's still that rink had uh definitely had a persona that uh, that still lives today yeah, when I was there, it wasn't uh, 
wasn't out of the realm of possibility if you went in the corner with opposing team or up against the wall with somebody from the other team that you weren't going to get yourself splashed with a, a glass of beer or maybe even a shot of some brown liquor. Um, but uh, that, you know, that's what the, 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 the OU hockey mystique was all about because, like you said, that crowd gets into it and it really does intimidate some of the other teams that come into our barn and really pumps up uh, the OU hockey team. I, I know for one for me, it, it got me excited to play for that crowd. Yeah, for sure. And it was just just high energy. Now, how does OU's hockey rank like competitively? You say that uh, the last couple of years are very, very strong. Has it always been? A, it seems I've always known it as a strong program. Well, it's it's varied, right? So it went from varsity to club program. So it, it doesn't compete, you know, with an Ohio State or Bowling Green's varsity team. But as far as club teams go, uh, you know, until this year, which is really an off year for them, they've been considered one of the top club programs in the country, which would be perhaps uh, maybe a Division Three type level. But, you know, there's there's players. We, we've got a former teammate, a fellow by the name of Mike Picorni. His son came out of OU last year and actually signed a contract uh, to play pro hockey uh, at the at a low level, minor level, but he's coming out of OU and having an opportunity to play pro. So it's it's good hockey. It's not you know major major Division One conference hockey that's going to put somebody into the NHL. Uh, but it is it is good competitive hockey uh, in the way they participate in what's called the ACHA, the American Collegiate Hockey Association. OU would be considered one of the top maybe two or three programs nationally. Yeah, the, the program's really developed over the years. Um, when we were there, we were considered an, an independent. So we had, to, we had to try to find teams to play. Where with the ACHA, there's uh, 40 teams or something that they could choose from. And they all have their own division or whatever. But with us, it was very hard to, to schedule games for people to come into Athens or for us to go somewhere to, to visit. So they, they've really developed the program from independent to, to a league. I think they've won four national championships um, in the 90s, in the, in the two, early 2000s, I believe. So the program's really come quite, quite far. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, we had a, we had a lot of mixed, I guess, uh, talent. We had the uh, uh, being club in the uh, late 80s. Um, we had Canadian grad uh, student uh, uh, student players coming down from various types of uh, basically Division One collegiate hockey in Canada, and some of these guys had just won basically the uh, you know the the national championships up in Canada, and and, and then next fall they're down here in Athens getting a, a one year uh, grad degree and uh, playing, you know, extending their hockey careers. I mean, we had one guy that came, had tried out with the New Jersey Devils uh, that summer. And then next thing you know, he's uh, he's in Bird Arena skating around with a bunch of kids from Cleveland and Toledo and Chicago. Um, so we had a um, an influx of uh, grad student talent as well as grad student characters because with those Canadians that came down, uh, were a little bit older than us undergrads. They, they, uh, we had, we had some names. It was, uh, you're talking about a tight knit group. Well, you know, 
even though they were Canadians and they uh, had a different level of, of talent, some of them. Uh, certainly, we had a couple uh, areas of um, mutual interest, <laughs> so to speak. You know, I think one of the differences is, that, you know, th this year's team, I can assure you, is not having a pregame meal at Souflockies the way we did. Uh, I I tend to agree to, with that. <laughs> Bubs, can I tell can I tell the story? <laughs> oh, please do, do it, Lord, please do it. Whichever so, one it is, whichever well, one it is, it could one of fifty, right? So I was kind of my system was kind of immune to souflakis, and I could I could knock down souflakis four days a week, and it was okay. Uh, I built that up, by the way. Um, but we were, it was a Friday afternoon and I decided that I needed a, a chicken sandwich at Souflockies and I convinced Bubba to go have a chicken sandwich with me over at Souflockies or a, or a Euro or whatever he had. And I just remember that night, uh, puck came in, I, you know, I was in goal and the puck came in and I stopped it and I went to set it up behind the net. And as Bubba's skating around to pick it up and come behind the net and move it out of our zone. He looks right at me and says, I need to shit my pants because he had had his souflockies and it wasn't sitting well with him. And I don't think he ever had souflockies before a game again. I don't... What's not true about that, Bubba? <laughs> Everything is true. And, and I'll even add, that was my first ever souflocky. Was it uh, your last? No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> We could take the Shuflaki a little bit further too, and there's one night that Mr. McCants was in there, and uh, after a, a hard night of drinking, that uh, he got himself a fish sandwich, went home, made his, uh, prepped his meal on the on the table, and sat down, and his fish was frozen, and uh, he decides to run across the street and yell at Mr. Shuflaki to cook his damn fish. And somebody from the hockey team was in there with his girlfriend, and all they could do was laugh at Gordy when he's yelling at him, "Cook this thing! Cook this thing!" That too was about two o'clock in the morning, and might be a true story. And uh, speaking of after hours, um, I'm 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 proud to say today, actually today, I received a. Uh, uh, the uh, the Junction T-shirt that I ordered a couple weeks ago, uh, the Junction is no longer there. It is now the J Bar, but the Junction was the home to the hockey team. Uh, uh, it's um, the teams that uh, we played would come up to the Junction after the Friday and Saturday night games, and uh, you know we were talking about uh, hanging out with you know our team, but you know teams from BG and Ohio State and. Uh, you know, even some of the, the, the Michigan teams would come in and, and have beers with us at the junction and many, many stories there. Um, uh, they, we're not going to go through all of them, but Keith Martin was a manager. Shout out to Keith for having us all and putting up with our, our she beep. The hell was that? I was trying to, I was trying to censor myself. Oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> You know, well, I, speak, we, speaking of teams that come in and party with us, there there was one year that um, one of the guys that played with us, he was a grad student, his name was Dave Bogart. He uh, he played two years with us, and then he went back home, 
and his younger brother was playing on a junior team. And of course, like I said earlier, that we, we were always looking for some teams to play. And well, Dave set up this, this uh, junior team to come down and play us. And, uh, you know, these kids are what, probably 17, 18 years old, maybe 19. And uh, they're, they're in the bars with us. And all of a sudden, a Donnybrook starts in the bar at the junction. And, you know, fists are flying. And I, I feel myself getting, getting put in a headlock. And I, I spin out of it. And I got my, my arm ready to throw. And it's none other, none other than Mr. McNance there squaring up with me. And I said, you know what? Let's grab ourselves a beer. <laughs> that too is a true story. I'll give you that one, Bubs. Uh, you know, we had, it's interesting, Tim, when you mentioned, you know, we when we talk about having fun and everything else, you know, we all go our own separate ways. And, you know, Brian tonight is in Cleveland and Bubba's traveling to Buffalo and I'm in Milwaukee. We got all the, the shitty Rust Belt cities covered, I guess, tonight, but is is we all spread out around the country in North America, you know, it, it it every couple three months on Facebook you'll get somebody weighing in on one of our friends' posts or somebody's posts saying, I remember coming into Athens to play hockey against you guys. That place was crazy. You people were crazy and and my God, you knew how to party. So, you know, we had one recently with, you know, my old roommate, a fellow by the name of Jeff Schluchter in Philadelphia. And he made some sort of post and all of a sudden one of his pals up in Philadelphia played for St. Bonaventure, who we played back in the 80s. And he's starting telling stories about playing against OU back in the 80s. So it really is is, is as small as OU hockey is within the Athens community and and kind of non-varsity sport, but good student participation. uh, It's really known throughout the United States and, and North America, the way Brian talks about all of our Canadian pals, um, really known throughout the hockey community in North America. We, we have people representing from Canada. My roommate in college was from Calgary, Alberta. Now we got uh, one of our players now lives up in Yellowknife, Yukon Territory. I mean, that's what, a thousand miles north of Edmonton, Alberta? I mean, the guy's in the middle of nowhere yet. When we have an alumni weekend, this guy's there. 49 and a half hours drive time from Athens to Yellowknife. Sean didn't drive it. Sean flew. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, almost 3,000 miles from Yellowknife to Athens, Ohio. And the last alumni function we had, Sean was there front and center. At that uh, alumni uh, festivities, you know, we, we, you can say how, how far north uh, Sean is and you can only get there by plane, but he was telling us two different stories about uh, basically shooting a grizzly bear um, as far north as he is. Having a grizzly up that far is usually see actually polar bears for real. Um, but he told us a story about uh, shooting a, a grizzly bear that was banging on in on his uh, cabin door while he and his one of his children was in the house. So um, that's that that's a real story too, and has nothing to do with Souflaki. Don't forget that he threw a, he threw a tea kettle at it too. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he went outside because he thought it was he thought it was a small animal and realized what it was. So he he hit the he hit the bear with a tea kettle went back in the house and the bear came through a window and Sean 
put one right through his eyes, I guess. Now, now this is a guy, mind you, that grew up in Toronto, Ontario, that was Mr. Mr. City guy, and now he's way up in the, the Yukon Territories killing grizzly bears. Uh, the, the one you say he, uh, he put through the eyes, I think it was off the post. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I, th- I, I think, you know, we're probably giving up too much. He's probably in the witness protection program with all the shit he's done in his life. He probably doesn't want us telling, telling the, the, uh, the uh, authorities right now that he's up in Yellowknife, but that's where he is. You know, I, one, one other thing I want to add, Tim, is, uh, you know, you're talking about the, the crowd at Burn Arena and, 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 and Bird being, you know, kind of this barn and a little bit of a kind of a, I, I always thought of it like municipal stadium with the Cleveland Browns back in the, in the seventies and eighties place was a dump, but for home field advantage, it was, it was unbelievable. And the fans loved it. Um, but you know, what the, the crowd did, all those, all those students that came to see us and packed the place on Friday and Saturday nights, um, as a club team, what that allowed us to do, uh, we, we, you know, club teams get to keep a percentage of their money and, um, it allowed us to, to travel, uh, throughout the country, um, not regularly, but a couple times a year out to university of Arizona, Arizona state, North Dakota state, um, Ames, Iowa. Uh, those are the places I went and, and that's not even counting the, you know, the little Hodunk university of Kentucky and, and other places that, uh, that, that, that Bubba and, and Gordy probably went to, but, uh, we, we kind of lived a little life of, um, you know, uh, of luxury for, as far as being club versus varsity. So, we, we had it pretty good, um, and, and it gave us a little bit of, I, I hate to use the term, um, yeah, we, you know, not that we were felt like rock stars, we were just regular hockey players, but the, the, the program itself allowed us to really experience some, uh, uh, some pretty cool things, traveling to places, uh, great hockey towns, um, the Grand Canyon, saw the Grand Canyon when you were out there. So the program itself really with Jimmy Gilmore and, um, and those guys, uh, they, they, they really, we, we came into a good thing and it's still a really, really great thing that, uh, I think we're all still proud of Jimmy no, Gilmore. We even, we even went to Nogales, Mexico. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we were in yeah. Arizona, but the, yes, the, yes, we did. Brian, Brian, before you got there, we had to take a school bus that was painted green. So we called it the green weenie. And we took it to Penn State. Um, was that sophomore year for a tournament? And on the way back, we, we ended up winning the tournament uh, and celebrating pretty hard on the way back, and um, just having a good time dancing on the on the bus, and uh, everybody's having a great time. Uh, the year before, we we did the same thing. We're on the school bus, and we're we're driving back from Penn State. And the heater goes out on the damn thing and, and you know they're trying to fix it on the side of the road and it's it's sub-zero out so they get it fixed we're driving along the heater goes out again it just you know all right we're in the we're in the hills and in the mountains and we're driving back to athens and there's you know a quarter inch thick of ice on the windows everybody's underneath their hockey bags trying to keep warm you know People were trying to play cards. It just got too cold. Underneath your hockey bags, we're stopping off at rest stops every every hour just to go into the 
into the bathrooms and warm up our hands and with the heaters and stuff like that. So, you know, it wasn't always a lap of luxury traveling with OU hockey. There were some uh, some bumps in the road with that. But, you know, that was part of the, the folklore and the mystique was, was traveling that way. You know, uh, Brian, you mentioned, and I'm sorry, I I, uh, I was getting a little light on the Miller light, so I had to run to the fridge. I heard you mention, you know, Jim Gilmore, and uh, you know, we we, and I don't know how far you took that, so my apologies, but no, just to, just to mention that um, the program that they uh, put together for us that that we came into um, was established and and allowed us to 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 travel and 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 you know, bring in all that gate money and, um, you know, do many, many, many things that uh, normal club teams wouldn't do. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Gilmore saved OU hockey, but make, make, make no mistake about it. I mean, he, he was the director of the recreational facilities and ran the golf course and ran the aquatic center and bird arena. And he had an office up in bird arena and, you know, he, he made sure of the continuity of OU hockey from that dark time post varsity into a lull and a funk in the seventies and, and brought it out into the eighties. And, and, and quite frankly, Jim, Jim saved OU hockey. Uh, and he was a mentor to all of us. Uh, they, you know, he was able to provide us with jobs at the rec facilities. Uh, he was able to, to present himself as a, as a, as a mentor to us. He certainly liked his scotch. There's no question about that. Uh, but he was just an awesome guy, saved OU hockey. And, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to see him a couple years ago. And, and uh, you know, the hugs and, and adoration between the players and, and JRG or Jim Gilmore was, was really noticed. And uh, he's just an awesome human being and deserves a lot of credit for keeping that program alive. I, I agree, and uh, and uh, we appreciate everything Jim did for us. And um, but I must say, uh, Gordy, I'm not sure. You know, he usually gave the the hockey players um, jobs, whether it's at the ice rink or uh, particularly the golf course. And um, I I know for a fact that uh, you weren't very appreciative by the way your work ethic at that golf course was, and uh, and and per, you know, and and taking some of those, you know golf carts on uh, little joy rides. I'm not sure how appreciative you really are. Well, no, I'm very, very fond of, of Mr. Gilmore, but I think what he's referring to, what Brian's referring to is, uh, you know, Mr. Gilmore showed up with his wife at the golf course and said they were going to Toledo uh, for the weekend to see her, her family. And we watched them get up, I guess that's 33, right? Along the river and heading out of town and, He's driving out of town, and as soon as he gets out of town, I jumped into the golf cart. We had a utility golf cart with a little bed in the back, and I went over to that little drive-through beverage store. I think it was over by Four Star Pizza. Pulled in there, told him to throw a couple cases of Old Milwaukee in the back. The guy's eyes bugged out of his head when he saw me pull in through the Old Mill light in the back or Old Mill in the back, and we went back to the golf course and. A handful of us that were working that day proceeded to have a terrific afternoon. Old Milwaukee, would you have to say that um, that was the uh, uh, beer of choice um, during most of the era, uh, Old Mill Pounders? Most certainly was, until you had money in your pocket. And it was just piss. 
<laughs> it's just piss. I mean, who are we kidding? Hey, Tim, are you going to get control of this thing? I'm not sure if this is good journalism <laughs> when you decide that you're just going to let the boys roll or you don't know how to get us under control. Which is it? No, these are great stories. So I just want to roll with it. Gord, do you remember the name of that drive-through behind West Green, where where we used to take that utility truck? Was it not on on Richland across from? Uh, that's where that drive-through is. It was a different one. There was one behind West Green. Yeah, there was one behind West Green down the, down the hill um, of Union Street. When you go, you know, past the the College Inn and all that stuff, there was a drive-through down there. And you know, all you had to do was cut through uh, West Green, um, and you're you're right there. Was that down by Five Star Pizza or something? Because there was a there was a pizza joint not far from that drive-through, as I recall. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember a drive-through on Union, but out on Ridgeland there was one, and I think Four Star Pizza was out that way, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh. uh... Uh, Gordy, just to, to revisit your your career at OU, you came in in what year? I came in in 80, uh, 85. Okay, and uh, and you were on the four-year program or the, the Will C5? Actually, believe it or not, I transferred in, so I was on the I, I was on a three-year program. That's I got right, Plattsburgh. In, I got in and out. That's right. You weren't you weren't were you Plattsburgh State? I was. I was at a, a small Division three school in upstate New York for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, and they kicked you out and you had to come to OU, or what was that story? No, I just, you know what, I, I actually, I wasn't getting a hell of a lot of playing time, and I heard they had recruited a guy named Wilsey, and I thought, shit, I could beat him out, so I'll transfer into OU and go from there. So, uh, no, I just, I moved back from Plattsburgh and uh, realized that I wanted to stay in-state, and OU was the logical choice. In fact, I didn't plan on playing hockey, Brian, when I got to OU in the fall of 85. And, you know, there were a couple of things that happened. One, I was I was walking across campus and I ran into Mike Kahudich, who was also a goalie at the team on the team. And, you know, Mike said, hey, what the hell are you doing here? And I said, well, I, you know, I transferred in. He said, you're going to come out for the team. And I said, no, I really don't have all in, any intentions. I'm, I'm kind of done and past it. And uh, he, uh, he proceeded to say, no, you need to come out for the team. So I ended up joining the team and, and joined Mike on the team for, for three years. And then uh, maybe a couple weeks after that, I ran into a guy named Todd Smith and, uh, and ended up finding somebody that uh, has really turned out to be the best friend a guy could have. And Todd and I have been palling around for the last 35 plus years. Oh, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what the old saying is, you never like a goalie, but it seems I have uh, a lot of goalie friends, so there's something wrong with me. And now my son's a goalie. That's awesome. That's <laughs> fantastic. Look at that. Yeah. Osmosis. <laughs> or or herpes. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked him the other day, we, we lost in our playoff game, and I asked him if he still wanted to eat pucks, and he said, it's a passion for me. I want to be a goalie. So, all right. <laughs> you know, we, we really, though, we, we should spend a minute. It's not only about teammates. And, and I talked about people that helped the program and, and, you know, be it Mr. Gilmore 
or Coach McComb, who started the program. Uh, you know, you also had other people like Mike LaRue, who Mike has been a fixture in Athens since he came into town to play in the late 60s and, um, you know, became a, uh, a landlord in, in Athens and has a farm in Athens and still sits there till this day. You know, he became a coach of the program. He became a big sponsor of the program. Uh, you know, and people like Mike LaRue and, and Dr. Tiff Cook, who was also our coach, uh, they really played an instrumental role in that 20 to 30 year period, uh, you know, between the 70s to, to 2000 to really keep that thing afloat and, and did just a terrific job. And we'd be remiss if we didn't recognize both Coach LaRue and, and, uh, and uh, Dr. Cook. Guys, these are great stories, and it sounds like the hockey is, is really something uh, very memorable and proud to be a part of. When you think back at your times at OU, is there one one event or one memory that stands out above the others? But I think to me, it's like if you had either just one snapshot picture or one moment when you look or think back to um, – hockey at OU is it a, is it a game is it a moment is it a is it a picture I, I'll, I'll start uh and and to me it's just um sitting in that locker room uh, before a game and everyone's lacing up and 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 some games we'd wear the we, we'd wear the whites with the green pants or the uh you know usually away on the greens but just putting that putting those unis on and and everyone sitting around before the game getting a little nervous you know everyone's kind of looking getting jacked up but but telling some, you know, telling jokes and just giving each other shit, that that is to me like kind of OU hockey. So I'll uh, I'll give the mic to uh, uh, Gordy. Yeah, you know, there's there's I guess there's two things that stick out. One is is during the time at OU and and that was our trip my my first year there in '85 six. We went when we went out to Tucson and, and played. Uh, a weekend series against the University of Arizona and then spent the, the week there. Um, and it was finals week back in Athens. And we were all sitting down in Tucson, just kind of partying our way through the week in advance of the club championships the following week. So Bubba mentioned we went to Nogales, Mexico. We had an, uh, an affluent alumni that took us up to his country club in Ventana Canyon and here we were, just a bunch of punk little kids sitting out in Tucson. Uh, the Indians were having spring training there at the time. And here we were, just a bunch of punks, you know, punk kids from Athens, Ohio, spending time in the sun that spring with a whole group of teammates that we still communicate to, with to, to this day. So it was just a, a terrific time of, of not only playing the game, but also bonding with your pals and, and that's where my second one goes, Brian. And it's not about um, the time at OU, which was, which was terrific and fantastic. But it was really, it's really about going back now to alumni functions and, and seeing the two of you guys and, and seeing people like John Essex, uh, who's out in Seattle, or Kurt Richard in, in uh, California, Rod Alton, Indianapolis. It's just getting that whole group together and spending a weekend you know, telling stories, uh, making fun of each other, uh, exaggerating stories, and, and just having a ball bust and understanding, 
you know, what's happened over the last 35 years and what progress we've made as, as human beings and adults and raising families, but then just getting back to being, you know, part, part of the team again and hanging out. So that's really what, what, what sticks with me. Todd, what are your thoughts? Obviously, Gordy touched on that quite a bit there with, with the friendship and, and going back for the alumni functions. And you got the Kurt Richards coming from California and Stumpy coming from uh, Washington. You know, to this day, my college roommate from Calgary, you know, I still am in contact with him. He comes into town uh, at least once a year, uh, maybe every, every other year for a Browns game. And, you know, just that friendship that he developed from watching the Cardiac Kids. Uh, and Bernie Kosar in the 80s uh, got him hooked on the Browns. But the, the one story that uh, is vivid in my memory is we were going to North Dakota State for, for the national t- tournament, and, you know, we're flying out of Columbus, and we're in line, and, and we're going through the, the metal detector to, to board our flight. People's and- Express, Bubba. We were on People's Express. No, that was to go to Arizona. This is one for um, okay. North Dakota. Um, and our coach at the time, you know, he, he, we just played hockey with him the season before. He stayed there to finish up his master's degree, and he, he took over the coaching duties from Marlon Mullard. And for some reason or another, he had difficulty getting through the metal detector. So he's he's emptying out, you know, he's taking out the keys to the camper and putting them on the uh, – in the in the bowl he's taking on his change and he's still setting this damn thing off finally he looks around and he pulls this flask out of his jacket and, and puts it in the bowl and walks through and, he, and he's thinking that he got away with it but of course we all saw it so during that tournament um you know we did we ended up third in the, in the tournament and i think gordy and myself made it as a as a as an all-star team there and Jim Gilmore and the coach at the time wanted to take us out to celebrate. Well, <laughs> there's nobody serving alcohol on a Sunday night. So we ended up going to Chi-Chi's thinking that, hey, maybe we'll get a margarita. Well, they weren't serving any alcohol either. And, and of course, the coach is like, hey, everybody just get a Coke. I got it taken care of. <laughs> he pulls out this damn flask and he fills up our Cokes. So you know, it, it's stuff like that, the, the small things that like, stick out but i mean there's so many stories and so many good things i mean even the town of athens itself is is a draw to you know everybody that ended up going there it doesn't matter if you're a hockey player a football player just a student you know you fall in love with that town and it becomes part of your soul you know you always see these things on facebook oh you oh yeah and people get a little corny and stuff like that but it it, it's, it becomes a part of you and, and you you're proud to say that you went to ou and, uh, you know, some of us got in there short, some in there, some of us had a long time, but you know, we're, we're still friends for it and love each other and all that stuff. So it's, 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 it's all good. It was a great town, great hockey players that we played with and great friendships. You know, and Brian, I know we're trying to cut it off, but I just want to piggyback on Bubba's comments because, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that I transferred in or I, I did, I would have never went to school in upstate New York. Uh, out of Cleveland High School, if I knew the fun I would have at OU, I would have been a direct, uh, you know, direct freshman into the Ohio University uh, system and gotten into Athens because it, it was a ball and it was a big part of my life and and something we'll just absolutely never forget. 
I can't agree more, and you know, no one's ever asked me why I do a podcast about OU, at least no one that, that went there, because they understand and they get it. It does, as Todd said, becomes a part of your soul. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. I look forward to talking with you again. Hey, thank you, Tim. We appreciate you having us on and especially uh, uh, representing uh, OU Hockey. Uh, we have a lot more stories to tell. So if you want to extend this whole um, uh, vlog series, uh, we'd be happy to do round two, round three, round four. But seriously, uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us time. Thanking Tim for uh, having us on. Yeah, you know, before we jump off, and, and Tim, thank you for having us on. I do want to pass on my condolences to the uh, the family of Fleet that owned Paupers. Uh, Fleet recently passed away and uh, a big blow to the Athens community and was a great place to hang out down in Athens. And Fleet's going to be missed within the Athens community and uh, just wanted to pass my condolences on. Tim, this is a great idea with what you do. We've enjoyed being on here. Uh, we've enjoyed being on here tonight. And as Brian said, you've gotten a fraction of the stories, most of them not embellished. Uh, we've enjoyed our time in here and uh, would enjoy coming back anytime you wanted us on. Thank you for your time. Great job, Tim. Hey, Tim, th thanks for having us on here. We really do appreciate uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, relive some of the uh, the finer and some of the best moments in our lives as, as OU hockey players, um, you know, reliving some of these, uh, some of these stories, however crazy that they are, are in fact true and uh, pretty phenomenal <laughs> to, to share them with people out there. Like, like everybody said here that they're, we're, we're just t the tip of the iceberg here. There's, there's so many more stories involved, but I do appreciate you, you having us. Thank you very much. Todd, you are most welcome. And thank you, Todd, Gordon, and Brian for being on the show. And I think we, we will have a part two. There's definitely a lot of stories, and I look forward to hearing more. Thank you.